I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Craig Oops Fears and filling in as... Scott Seidenberg wound up doing the nightcap tonight, so that means that I get bumped into the chair tonight, and I am glad to be aboard with you guys, and I'm glad that in 30 minutes we're going to have David Baker as well. He wound up winning the 2020 Super Contest, and he's also a multi-time World Series of Poker Bracelet winner. We're going to be taking a look at these wild card games, trying to get a little bit of different perspective over there. It's going to be absolutely tremendous to take a look at that, by the way. Big thanks to Pam Maldonado for joining me in our number one. She did a great job of being able to break down all these games with regards to what we're seeing in the NFL this weekend. Also lent some great information when it comes to the Aussie Open, betting that because, as we know, the Australian Open, it is at very, very strange hours for most of us. So being able to get a little bit of perspective there, how do I end up handicapping a lot of these games and just how to catch up on some of the action as well. That is something that's very important because I wind up dealing with a little bit of this myself when you've got 130 college basketball games on these Saturdays. It is hard to catch all of the games because there's only 24 hours in a day. So great to be able to get that insight. Big thanks to her. But let's now take a look a little bit more at the college basketball hardwood for these next few segments. Take a look at some of the games that we've got coming up for Friday. Try to make you guys a little bit of money. And as you guys know, out there in the New York Post, I give out one pick every single day. On Thursday, wound up having San Francisco. Most of you guys wound up getting a push on that game. We saw a lot of 16s. If you want to take a bad early number, you want to have 15 and a half. If you got lucky late, you were able to get 16 and a half. So most places want to have a 16. But with that said, we're going to be going with another road game road team in the New York post on Friday as we've got the big one between two ranked teams, 891, 892 Michigan state hits the road facing off against Wisconsin. This is a number that has moved Michigan state open up a three and a half or a four and a half point underdog. Now you're seeing them three and a half at DraftKings. Most other places out here in Vegas, you're seeing quite a few fours out there. And your total house game is anywhere between 140 and 140 and a half. And typically when it comes to New York Post, they always encourage a little bit more spread bets. But I personally don't even think that you're going to need the points in this spot. I think that Michigan State is going to be able to pull off this game outright. When it comes to Michigan State, they don't have Johnny Davis on their team. And Johnny Davis is absolutely tremendous. When he's done for Wisconsin, he's put himself in my opinion, the number one spot with regards to the wooden award race, 22 points, seven and a half rebounds, steal and a half per game, shoots in the high thirties from three point range, steal and a half. I mean, the guy is a statue sufferer. You take a look at Wisconsin outside of Johnny Davis and guys not named Johnny Davis are right now shooting 30.6% from three point range. And they're going up against a Michigan state squad that 
They shoot as a collective 38.8% from three-point range. Gabe Brown has been terrific for this team. He's able to pump in their 14.5 points per game. Now, the big bugaboo that you have with this Michigan State team is turnovers. They are a team that they turn the ball over a little bit over 14 times per game. Good news is, Wisconsin is not a team that necessarily forces a bunch of turnovers. They're a slow, methodical team. Now, Wisconsin, a very good free-throw shooting team, north of 75% at the free-throw line, but... And take a look at this Michigan State team as well. They have done a very good job of being able to travel as well. Home and road splits aren't necessarily demonstrative with them. So I do think that that is a little bit of something that you're able to hang your hat on with them. And for Wisconsin, by the way, if you're looking at something really unique, Wisconsin is actually 12-5 and five to the over this year. I can't remember the last time we've ever been like, oh, Wisconsin, an over team. But we have actually seen that this year. Wisconsin is slightly faster than they've been in past years because with regards to a possessions per game basis, typically you're going to find Wisconsin out of 358 D1 teams. You're typically going to find them right around 325, 330-ish. And it is not as if this team is going out there and they're going to be playing games that are first or under to win or anything like that. But now they're up more around like the 275, 270-ish range with regards to possessions per game. So they are playing just very slightly faster. That is something that I... Do certainly want to note, but that said, I do want to make my total on this game more around a 135. I do think that both of these teams are going to be relatively efficient, but when it comes to Michigan State, this is a team that they've been able to do a relatively solid job on defense themselves. Now, they themselves are not a team that's going to go out there, much like Wisconsin, and get you a whole bunch of seals. You're not going to be able to expect that from the Spartans bunch, but what they've done a very good job of is sort of limiting the twos, and a big reason why Wisconsin has been able to have the success is not just Johnny Davis, but you take a look at what you've been able to get out of Tyler Wall as well. He's been able to put up double figures in each of the last four games. He does give you a little bit over a block per game. I feel like he's become really the big low post man for the scene, but you take a look at Michigan State. They rank in the top 45 with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis. Most of that is because they do a good job of being able to guard the interior. With regards to three-point shooting defense, not necessarily so great, but with Wisconsin, this isn't a team outside of Johnny Davis that really strokes it from three-point range, so I think that this plays a little bit more in the advantage of Michigan State. And when it comes to Michigan State as well, they do a good job on the interior with Marcus Bingham Jr. 2.8 blocks per game. He's been able to get the team seven boards. I feel like he's been under the radar, able to really make some strides as a big man. And you've also got Ty Walker. He winds up coming in from Northeastern towards the beginning of the year. He was giving out turnovers like crazy. He was averaging right around three and a half to four turnovers per game. He's really bringing that in in recent weeks. A guy that's able to give you four plus assists per game. Max Christie has been a little bit more efficient with his shot making. And then when it comes to Joey Elzer, this guy was a complete mess on defense last year. A little bit of a motivation spot. He is from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, which is about an hour away. I personally wound up growing up more like two hours away, so I actually know the area very well, and I can tell you right now this is going to be a massive game for him, but I do take a look at this spot. I think that Michigan State has a little bit more talent. Wisconsin has the best player. Michigan State has a better team. I'm banking on the better team. In the New York Post, you're going to be seeing me taking the spread of Michigan State. Most likely going to be right around four-ish, depending on what we wind up seeing in the next few hours. They always give out the overnight number there, but when it comes to Michigan State, I personally don't think that you're going to need the points if they wind up being an underdog in the AM, which certainly I do think that they are going to be, or else we've seen a very, very big move and or Johnny Davis fall off the roller coaster and break every bone in his body or something like that. Then I'm going to be just taking a look at the money line outright, looking at a plus price here when it comes to Michigan State, along with an under, because I want to say my total a little bit closer to a 135. So that is really going to be some of the mark. That is going to be really the big marquee game that we're going to be seeing in college basketball as well. But, you take a look at the Friday slate. You don't have a ton of games, but 
at the same time, you do have some relatively quality games. And another game that I think is really worth taking a look at is out there in the Ryzen Lake. How about if we go Youngstown State versus Cleveland State? This is going to be one of the earlier games, 873, 874. And we've seen a little bit of a line move on this game. Youngstown State opens up a nine-point underdog. Now you're finding them anywhere between eight and eight and a half. And your total on this game is anywhere between 141 and a half and 143 and a half. So we are seeing a lot of line move when it comes to this game. And it's because Cleveland State is a team that they're actually relatively solid on defense. They've done a good job of being able to give you eight and a half steals per game. But they're also a team that they've been allowing a lot of open shots when they don't wind up getting those seals as well, which I think that that's very key. And you take a look at this Youngstown State team. They are one of the slower teams that you're going to find in college basketball, 239th when it comes to possessions per game. They have been actually throttling up a little bit. You take a look at this Cleveland State squad, and last year they were a little bit more of a low and slow team this year. They've been playing a little bit faster. With regards to possessions per game, you're finding them more around 94th. And the big thing that I think that you really need to know with Cleveland State their tempo varies home to road. They play five possessions per game faster on the road than they do at home, which is a big reason why I do take a look at this total under. I do think that taking a look at home and road splits, they are a little bit unique because when it comes to teams like Cleveland State, Youngstown State, teams out there in the Rising League in general, we know that a lot of the road games, they're going to involve bye games, and that involves them being down in these games. I feel like these home games, they are a little bit more indicative of how they want to be playing with regards to tempo. So I do think that that gives you a little bit more, I guess you could call it assurance there. I want to say my total at 137. And for Cleveland State, on the initial line, I wasn't really looking at them because I wound up setting my number at nine. And at nine, I actually leaned a little bit more to Youngstown State. Now that we've seen this come down to eight and eight and a half right here at Circa, you've got eight more around DraftKings. You're seeing an eight and a half. This causes me to be a little bit more on Cleveland State you want to be doting Cleveland State's free throw shooting. They are shooting about 65.5% at the free throw line. That is one of the lesser marks out there in college basketball. And Youngstown State, they bury their free throws. They shoot north of 70%. But when it comes to Youngstown State, this has been a little bit of a makeshift backcourt. One of their main scorers are in Garrett Covington. Wound up getting ruled out after three games into the season. So that has been a big, giant issue. But you take a look at Cleveland State as well. This is a team that they have a guy in Des Moines Hodge who's really been able to step up as the main scorer for this team. 15 and a half points per game. Not a guy that necessarily shoots it terrifically from three-point range, but he's able to shoot it good enough. You got guys like Brock Finston along Trey Gomillion. That these are more of your outside shooters when it comes to Cleveland State. And then Torrey Patton, just a statue suffer. 13 and a half points, seven rebounds. He chips in there a block and a steal per game. And Youngstown State doesn't necessarily have that guy. Now, Michael Cucci is able to give you seven and a half rebounds per game. He does a relatively solid job of being able to hold down the fort for the team. But when it comes to Youngstown State as well, this is a bunch of which they can be a little bit hot and cold from three-point range. I do think that that's going to be playing a little bit of a factor in this game. And when it comes to Youngstown State, they are a little bit of an improved defensive team but they're a little bit of a offensive team that has regressed ever since Darius Quinsenberry wound up transferring in the offseason as well. And you're seeing that bear out in the numbers as this team is outside the top 200 when it comes to three-point shooting percentage. They're not a team that they wind up forcing a lot of seals as well. So the turnover was that Cleveland State has been having. They're not going to be as much brought to the forefront in this game. And when it comes to Youngstown State as well, this team really gets beat from beyond the arc. They are 256th of the country with regards to opponent three-point shooting percentage at right around 34.5%. Cleveland State 
their lifeblood has really been able to hit quite a few threes from time to time. So I do think that this is a good matchup for Cleveland State. I want to saying them personally as a nine-point favorite. So here at the eight to eight and a half that we're seeing coming off of the opening number, I'm going to be taking a look at Cleveland State in this spot. And with the total, made it a 137. And I think that it's very important when it comes to conference play in general to start taking a look at a couple more unders. We've really seen it in college basketball in general. You just take a look at the last seven days in college basketball, the under has been hitting right around a 55.2% clip. You wind up seeing a whole bunch of overs towards back half of non-conference play. You wind up getting these unfamiliar matchups. You wind up having these teams that they're just completely outgunned. The second half becomes open germ. You're seeing much, much less of that in college basketball right now. Though in the last 30 days, the over has been a little bit profitable. Unders starting to make a run. I expect a lot more of that moving forward. And I do expect us to see some home underdogs being able to cash as well. Coming up next, we are going to be taking a look at a team out there in the Big Ten that is going to be finding themselves a home underdog. So we're going to be hitting on that game and a couple more next as we dive into the college basketball betting board for Friday right here on The Look At with myself, Greg Pearson, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you are looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to be able to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, one that I wound up joining earlier today, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on as we are back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Spears, and coming at you from Circa and got to give a quick little shout out to all the guys that make things possible behind the scenes. Jason Kahn, my most wonderful producer, he's doing a great job over there. Nick does a terrific job as the technical director. Oliver has been doing absolutely amazing work as the production assistant. And then you got my man, Taylor, who gets me all set up on audio without these gentlemen. You would not be able to see or hear me. So they are the guys that really keep things running. I have to deliver my part of the bargain here. Try to make you guys a little bit of money on the slate. And I've talked a little bit about a marquee Big Ten matchup a little bit earlier with the Wisconsin versus Michigan State game. And if you want to missing that a little bit earlier, have no fear in the final segment of the show. I will make sure to refresh that for you as well so we've got you covered there but how about if we go 875 876 Illinois it's going to be on the road facing off against Maryland and Illinois is a pretty hefty road favorite here right now DraftKings you're seeing seven half I'm seeing as low as a six half and I'm seeing as high as an eight so we're seeing a full 
0.5 of variance right now in the market. And your draw loss game, it is anywhere between 139 and 140. So we are seeing quite a bit of variance there. I should say actually 141 with regards to that total. And this is actually a rematch of what we wound up seeing about two and a half weeks ago. It was a game in which Illinois wound up winning by 12 on their home floor, barely able to cover. But in that game, Maryland was actually leading at the half now. Maryland, you could tell that they were getting a little bit outgunned in that game, and you could tell that there was going to be a little bit of regression that was setting in, but I do like this spot for Maryland. I wound up setting them more around a 4.5-point underdog because Eric Ayala has been able to do a terrific job as the main scorer for this team. 16-plus points in four of the last five games for this bunch. He's averaging 16.5 points per game. Now, Maryland, not necessarily the world's greatest three-point shooting team. They're shooting as a collective about 32% from long range, but Ayala has been able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range. Kudus Wahab has been relatively relegated out of the fold for this Maryland team. 21 minutes or fewer in each of the last five games, which has been a little bit befuddling. Julian Reese, as a result, has been seeing more minutes in the post. Then you take a look at Illinois. They should be able to overrun Maryland with Kofi Coburn because Kofi Coburn, 21 points, 11 rebounds per game. He should be able to get his. But when it comes to Illinois, I feel like the big question in this game is, what are we going to be able to get out of Andre Corbello? Because when Andre Corbello was on in that game against Purdue, he was magnificent. He had 20 points coming in off the bench, but I feel like the most significant stat for him in that game, zero turnovers. Because in my opinion, he wound up single-handedly costing the team the game against Marquette earlier this season. And we've really, in his year plus on campus for Andre Corbello, we've seen good Andre Corbello. And we've seen bad Andre Corbello. With him coming back to the fold, I feel like the ceiling for Illinois is all of a sudden much higher. I also feel like the floor, floor is much lower. And it's just one of these cases with which I do think that Maryland, a team that doesn't necessarily force a ton of seals, but now has a coaching regime change. And Danny Manning has been the interim coach ever since you wound up seeing the parting of ways with Mark Turgeon and company. I do think that they're going to do a relatively okay job of being able to tee up against Andre Corbello. Now, you've got good three-point shooting when it comes to this team. Alfonso Plummer along Jacob Granderson. These two guys are combined to be able to shoot about 44% from distance. So they have been nothing short of magnificent for Illinois. With that aspect, a pair of double-digit scores. And then Trent Frazier right around 15 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists. Just able to do absolutely amazing work there. What else I think is intriguing about this game is that Maryland has really been able to kick up the tempo this season. There are a bunch that... In the past, you always would find them in the bottom 100 with regards to possessions per game each out of the last five years. As a matter of fact, in the bottom 100. This year, they're more around 200 out of 358 D1 teams. And when you wound up seeing the regime change from Mark Turgeon over to Danny Manning, this was a team that was in the bottom 100. So that means that they've really been throttling upward. Illinois, they're more around 140th with regards to possessions per game. They're not necessarily playing fast. They're not necessarily playing slow, but... As a result of this, I take a look at this total. I wound up saying it more around at 144.5. I do think that you're going to be able to get some late game felling in this game. And when it comes to Maryland, they've actually been relatively solid at the free throw line. This is a team that has a collective. They shoot north of 75% at the free throw line. Illinois, they're certainly not slouches themselves. 72.9% at the charity stripe. So I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to can their free throws if you wind up getting into a late game situation in which it's like a five, four, even six-ish point game. I do think that that is going to be able to help you go over. So I do take a look at this spot. And I think that there's some relatively solid value there. But when it comes to Maryland, what I think is going to be very key is to exploit a perimeter defense of Illinois that isn't necessarily quite as stout as it is in the interior. Because in the interior, you've got Kofi Coburn and company for Maryland, very much a streaky three-point shooting team. 
But for Maryland, they themselves need to be able to create a couple second chances. They get right around 10 offensive rebounds per game. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I do think that they're going to be up for it. And with Maryland, they do a good job of being able to force their way at the free throw line with regards to percentage of points. That winds up coming off of free throws. They are one of the better teams out there in the power five of being able to do so. So I take a look at this spot. I like the over here, and I do think that the home underdog of Maryland is going to be able to cover this number. I don't like them outright. I wound up saying Illinois more around a four and a half point favorite. So I do think that you've got good value catching seven plus here when it comes to this. And I was mentioning it a little bit earlier, the fact that we have been seeing a lot of unders be able to hit in recent days in college basketball. And we've got to mention with home underdogs over the last seven days, they've been hitting right around a 53% clip, 74, 66, and one against the spread. I do think that this is going to be a relatively solid look in general. And with underdogs in general in college basketball, last seven days, 185, 149, and seven. That is a 55.4% hit rate. So if you've been taking underdogs recently, you've been able to come out like a rose. And if you're going to be taking this game, I do think that it's going to be a very intriguing one for you as well as I do think that there is going to be quite a bit of sweat there as we take a look at what we're going to be able to get out of Toledo versus Ohio. This is going to be the earliest game on the normal Las Vegas betting board of 871-872. Ohio finds themselves between a four and four and a half point favorite and your total on this game is that award team 146 and a half and 147? And I think that you've got two teams that are going to be relatively equal if they wind up matching up on a neutral court. I think that Ohio is a very, very slim hair better. I wound up setting this line at three and a half personally. Wound up awarding the three points when it comes to home court advantage. And if these two teams wound up doing battle on a neutral court, I almost think that you would have like Ohio win 51 times and Toledo win 49. I think that it's that type of. I do think that you're getting some good value, especially with now four and a half coming about with Toledo. This is a Rockets team that they've got Ryan Rollins a roll, and he's been able to give the team 19 points, right around four assists, five boards per game. But what I think is going to keep Toledo alive in this game is that their big men are a little bit more versatile, and they're able to shoot threes a little bit better. Got a guy in JT Shulmate who's been able to give this team right around seven boards, double-digit amount of points per game. He shoots 52% from three-point range. That's really stinking good right there. And you take a look at Ohio. You've got Ben Vanderplas along Jason Carter. Both of these guys give you in the neighborhood about 13 to 14 points per game between 6.5 and 7.5 rebounds per game. Neither of these guys shoot it as well from three. They combine to be able to shoot about 30% from distance. Now, when it comes to Mark Sears, he's done a good job of being able to film for Jason Preston. Not able to average quite these seven assists per game that Preston was able to last year. This year, he's more around three and a half assists per game, but has fired in there 19 and a half points per game. A good three-point shooter, right around 44% from distance. But when it comes to this Ohio team, they do shoot about 33% from three-point range. And the transfer from Boise State, Ray J. Dennis, he has been able to do a nice job for this Boise State team. A guy that is able to give out three-plus assists per game. He has had at least 10 points in each of the last five games for this team. He shoots 37% from three-point range. Now, neither of these teams are necessarily teams that are going to go out there and they're going to absolutely gun it. They're just absolutely teams that they are able to do a good job with regards to their efficiency. Both of these teams, they rank outside of the top one with regards to possessions per game, but you just take a look at the way that they have been able to have their offenses free-flowing, and I've been very impressed by it. Ohio wound up having a little bit of a rough start to the year. They wound up having to play a tough non-conference late, which is why you're going to notice that with regards to points on a per-possession basis, on a 100-possession basis, they're averaging right around 17 points more per 100 at home rather than on the road. So that is something that I do take a look at a little bit more. But for Toledo, this team ranks 38th in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, whereas Ohio more on the 75 range. 
I take a look at this total. I think that it's gotten a little bit too lofty because you do have a pair of teams that they're relatively solid on defense as well. This is an Ohio team that they've been able to force quite a few seals. Toledo, they're not necessarily great at being able to generate turnovers, but at the same time, they do a good job of being able to hold teams to one and done situations, which I do think it's very important to take a look at when it comes to handicapping. I do think that when it comes to rebound rate, you want to be taking a look at the percentage of second chances that team winds up getting as well. I do think that taking a look at turnovers is big as well. And when it comes to Toledo, this has been a relatively buttoned-up team with Ohio. They were doing a little bit of a lesser job towards the beginning of the season when it comes to turning the ball over. But you take a look at things recently for both of these teams, and both have been able to really rein it in. You take a look at the Toledo bunch. They are 39th in the country when it comes to the percentage of possessions that wind up ending in a turnover. I think that that's going to be able to keep them live in this game as well. So I did wind up making Ohio the three-and-a-half-point favorite being the team that ranks 45th in the country when it comes to turnovers on a per-possession basis. And when it comes to this total, I wound up setting my total more around a 143.5. We've seen a little bit of a rise in it, so certainly very happy to see this go up to 148.5 because I'm going to be going under on it, and I'm going to be taking a look at the 4-4.5 to that we've got right now with Toledo. And what we've got coming up next, David Baker, multiple-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner and the winner of the 2020 Super Contest. Going to be looking at some football with him next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything else on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free Sports Bank podcast, catch replays of all of our shows, or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gail Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops with Craig Peterson, new episode coming out in 30 minutes, and many more. They are all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast as we're back here on the look at myself, Craig Peterson, coming at you. I'm in for Scott Seidenberg tonight, and I am pleased to be joined by David Baker. He wound up joining me actually on the lookout last week while I was doing a little bit of film work there. Wound up giving out a tremendous pick with the Buffalo Bills as they wound up just completely trouncing the New England Patriots. Actually encouraged some alternative spreads, which all wound up hitting. And David, it is great to have you back on, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you uh, for having me. Uh, it was nice last year. Last week, we knocked it out of the park with the Bills and the Bucks, and uh, hit the alternate lines. And I doubt we're going to have anything as easy as we had last <laughs> week, but hopefully we can have winners. They, they paid the same whether they're easy or hard. So let's just hope we get there this week again. Whether a team covers by one point or 50 points, you get to the window the same. Obviously, if you want to take the alternate total, then it might hit a little bit differently, but certainly... You just want to be able to get to the window in any way possible. And how about if we lead off with the team that made us some money last week, the Buffalo Bills. They're going to be on the road taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, we're seeing anywhere between one and a half and two, seeing a little bit of variance there, but all of these have the line under a field goal. Your total on this game, anywhere between 53 and a half and 54. And where do you wind up looking on the Bills this week? Because certainly not going to be as easy this week against the team that wanted representing the AFC in the Super Bowl last season, but certainly a Bills team that they have now been in this spot a few times and looked very impressive last week along with the Chiefs, who they themselves were able to put a hurting on the Steelers. Yeah, so this game, uh, not not going to be one of my best bets, but, uh, you know, it's divisional week and we can only, there's only four games, so we're going to have a take on them all. But uh, this is probably the game that I'm the least confident in, but I am going to ride the Bills again. Uh, it's a, this is a team I've wanted to get there for the last few years. I've, I've ridden them hard the last few years. 
Um, I think this entire year has been set up for this game for Buffalo. They may have uh, slept walked a couple of games against inferior opponents, but everything has basically been geared towards this Kansas city chiefs team. When they played them early in the season, they, they pretty much took them to the shed. I know what I'm getting with this bills team. And even though this is the same chiefs team we've had for the last three years, I don't know if I trust the chiefs as much as I trust the bills. Um, I do feel like this game is kind of a, a coin flippy, so I'm not positive, but but what Kansas City Chiefs team are we going to get? I mean, really, over the last year almost, they really haven't looked that impressive. They looked good in the second half versus the Chargers, and uh, they beat up a couple division opponents. Well, they beat up the Raiders a couple times as division opponents, and the Steelers, which I don't think much of us gave the Steelers much credit. So I don't really trust the Chiefs. They they don't play hard. They don't seem to uh, play hard for 60 minutes, and if you – if you get off to a slow start against this Bills team, they can just they can just paste you. I mean, we saw what they did against the the Patriots, and we've we've seen the we've seen the Bills just go out and just take care of business. So, I think that this is this is the time. If the Bills don't get over the hump this time with the Chiefs, it might it might be the end. I mean, this might this might be the last real opportunity they have. I mean, I I can really see Dable finding another job and. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes teams have each other's numbers. So if, if they don't get through this time with this uh, carnation of the of the team, we might not see it. So uh, I'm just going to ride the bills. They've been my moneymaker for for a lot of the year and and go from there. And with the bills, they did wind up winning the first time these two teams wound up playing 38 to 20. Certainly don't think that the Chiefs are going to give up 38 points once again. Defense has been able to rein it in a little bit more there. But when it comes to tight spreads like this, because you did mention that you're looking at the Bills, when you wind up seeing these spreads of like one and a half, two points, I'll just call it under a field goal, is this a spot in which you'd be looking a little bit more at the money line, or do you wind up taking a look more at the one and a half slash two points? Because I honestly feel like there's no wrong answer, but I feel like there are a lot of betters that there are some that are much more willing to take the money line than others, which it's one of those things in which I do feel like in the end, maybe one winds up working out a little bit better than the other, but I always find it very intriguing to just take a look at difference in philosophy. I I mean, I think it really depends on the book of choice. I mean, sometimes they hang uh, poor spreads in correlation to the, to the number. So, I mean, really like, you know, what the circle line has up there is you're getting one Oh five or minus one ten. I'd rather just, lay the 110. I mean, you're getting, you know, it, it does land on one and two, you know, sometimes, especially in this day and age where teams are going for two a lot more. Um, they're bypassing field goals. Um, I, I would just assume go ahead and and get the extra amount of security. But but there are times where the money line and the spread are are off by by an amount where I do feel a little more comfortable. It really just depends on the book that you use. Sometimes, so sometimes the money line and the money line and spread should be moving kind of together, but there are books that move them independently based on where their action comes in because sometimes the money line gets hit more than the spread or vice versa, and you can get a number that's a little bit closer or farther apart depending on which side you want to go for. So. Um, most of the time when I'm when I'm handicapping these, I'm going to look at the spread. I'm going to take the extra couple points because I think there is a, a reasonable percentage of the time where the Chiefs might win by one or two on a on a last second field goal. And to your point, right now we're seeing with the Bills money line in a lot of spots right around plus 105. 
you're pretty much getting two points of value if you wind up just laying the minus 110 and getting two rather than taking a plus 105 money line. So I do think that that's really good that you bring that up as well. And it's just so important when you take a look at things as well because the difference of five to 10 cents either way can really make the difference in my opinion. And in my opinion, this is going to be one of the trickier ones to handicap because the question is, what are we going to be able to get out of Derrick Henry? The other game out there in the AFC is the Bengals against the Titans. Titans open up a three-point favorite, finding them more around three and a half in a lot of spots. Totals anywhere between 47 and 47 and a half. And this is the one that I'm really having the toughest time of taking a look at just because I like what I'm seeing out of Joe Burrow. I love the fact that he and Jamar Chase have hooked up so much. And with the Titans, Derrick Henry, he is, in my opinion, the best running back in the NFL. I just question whether or not he's going to be at full strength and if he's going to be firing on all cylinders after being off for so long. Uh, this is a game where I, I do kind of like the money line. I, I, I like the Titans on the money line here. Um, I'm also going to lay the three and a half. I've been a Titans truther from the beginning. If you followed me at all um, on any other platform um, or Twitter, I, I, I hyped the Titans preseason. Um, my biggest preseason bet of the year was Titans to win the AFC South. Um, and this is the Titans team that I bet on uh, a, a full complement of receivers and, and the best running back in the game, uh, whether Henry is at full strength or, you know, 80%, I think, uh, I think that still bodes well for the Titans. I mean, he does open up play action, even if he's 80%, uh, Dante Foreman is kind of a, a mini Henry. So even if, even if we can get 10, 10 runs out of Foreman and, and 20 out of Henry, plus all the play action, uh, I really could see a big game here for AJ Brown. This is a really good spot for uh, for the play action with with Henry. I do trust Tannehill. I do kind of wish that these teams were playing other teams because um, <clears throat> the Bengals are a team that I do like as well. I think Joe Joe Burrow. I mean, like everybody, uh, you know, we're all in love with this guy's talent and his confidence and his error and and you know, LSU to win the the national championship the year he did was one of my biggest plays. I, I really like this guy's complete package. But in the NFL, you kind of have to build. It's kind of a year to year. You you make progress and, and the Bengals won the division. They won their first playoff game. And, you know, I think this is probably the end of the road for them, whereas the Titans have been here for the last couple of years. And I think they're ready to take that next step. So, uh, I'm just going to go with what I think is the better overall team. I trust the Titans more in defense. I trust the coach. I trust um, just the entire package that the Titans have to offer. So uh, I'm going to go with the Titans. If you're a little wary of laying three and a half because, you know, Burrow, the back door is going to be open with him for sure. Uh, I, I would feel very comfortable just laying the extra money and taking the money line as well. I'm hoping that the Bengals get a little love up till kickoff and we might be able to get this thing down to three. I do think that it's going to be really intriguing to take a look at this game, and we've got about 30 seconds. Do you have any lean with regards to any player props with regards to this game? Uh, well, I will say one of the player props, my favorite AFC pet player prop is uh, in the last game, I think Gabriel Davis over 30, I think it's 30 and a half now, I saw on um, on a major offshore book. Uh Gabe Davis is, has hit the, I think he was over 27 yards I saw in the last seven games. In the last five, he's been over 40. So he's really become an integral part of the Bills' offense. 
So I could really see him. I, that game should be a shootout anyway. I think Josh Allen's going to throw the ball a lot. So um, give me over 30 and a half yards for, for Gabe Davis uh, in that one. That'd be my favorite AFC player prop. That'll be really interesting to take a look at. And on the other side, going to be hitting up on these NFC games for the NFL divisional matchup next, right here on the look at on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we don't want to make sure that VSIN is in your plans. We'll be with you throughout the NFL playoffs. And then on Championship Weekend, we'll give you 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to the 6th annual live big game backcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join VEASAN and our sports betting experts before, during, and after the action right here on VEASAN.com. As it is a look at myself, Greg Peterson, is filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight, and we're being joined by David Baker. He won winning the 2020 Super Contest, and He's a man that has won multiple World Series of Poker bracelets. And we were talking a little bit before, just prior to the break. And it sounds like, to use a poker term, you're going all in on this team as we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be in action on Sunday. And it's going to be an interesting one as they're going to be taking on the LA Rams in the early game. It's a line in which wound up opening up at a lot of places at 2.5. Now we're seeing a mixture of 2.5 and 3 in the market. And your total anywhere between 47.5 and 48. And where do you stand on this one? Because you've got two different approaches. Rams look very good against the Arizona Cardinals and the Buccaneers. They're a little bit banged up, but yeah, betting against a guy like Tom Brady in recent years hasn't necessarily been proving to be profitable for too many people. Yeah, last week um, I gave out the Bucks as one of my two best bets, and I'm going right back to the well this week. This is by far my favorite game of the week. Um, I absolutely love the Bucks in this spot. And it really broke perfectly because uh, the Rams, people are prisoner of the moment, and the Rams looked amazing on Monday night, and this was exactly what I hoped would happen. I played the Rams on Monday, and I hoped that they would take care of the divisional opponent that they've pretty much owned the last several years, and they did. And Stafford was able to look great. They got off to an awesome start, and they never had to look back. So Stafford never got put in a position to make mistakes. Um, But let's look back. The NFL is not a week-to-week league. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Uh, This this still is the same team that went out and had uh, won in Baltimore 20-19 versus one of the worst secondaries that we've seen in years. 
the next week they played the Niners. They got out to a 17, nothing lead and the coach didn't even trust Stafford to throw the ball when they needed one first down to secure that game and knock out, you know, basically the, the one guy that, that McVay hasn't been able to get, get over. And now we get to face this Stafford in this offense has to face a Bucks defense with pretty much the best defensive line in football. They don't have, they, they can apply pressure with the front four, let the back seven take care of the receivers. Uh, you don't have to help on the running game because the front four takes care of all the uh, everything that's needed there. And we've seen Stafford continually make mistakes and throw interceptions, throw pick sixes. And I, I really think that this Bucks defense is set up for that to happen again. Um, some of the metrics don't love the Bucks secondary, but because early you were able to throw on this team, but this is a team that won the Super Bowl. And what happens when you win the Super Bowl is sometimes you take weeks off. Um, it's hard to really get fired up for these regular season games all the time. They will be bringing everything they have in this game. And if you want to look at offensive line injuries for the Bucks and, and say that's going to be a problem, well, what about Wetworth for the, for the Rams? He's hurt as well. So both teams have injuries in the offensive line. And if, uh, you know, if Worfs doesn't play and Wentworth does, that might sway it a little bit or vice versa. But I think when it all comes down to it, the Bucks are just better everywhere. Um, I, I, I know Tom Brady in this situation. He's going to handle the pressure. What do we know about Stafford? I mean, this guy's been in the league a long time. Granted, he hasn't played with the best of teams, but he hasn't really held the, he really hasn't held up to pressure. Um, in the big games. And I, I don't know if he's going to do it here. This is the spot where he's supposed to, you know, exercise all the demons. He's supposed to go to Tampa and beat Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback in the history of football. Um, I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I, I really love that. They look so good and they hung a line at three and two and a half rather than four, four and a half, which I think if they had, if they struggled with the cards and just won that game, I think they hang this line at four, four and a half. So I think we're getting a little extra value because the Rams look so good. And I'm, I'm feeling very comfortable with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers here. And do you make anything out of the fact that we did wind up seeing this matchup a little bit earlier in the season? Now it was in Los Angeles. And to your point, the Buccaneers were actually a one point favor when they wanted playing in Los Angeles, obviously a little bit of a different circumstance there. It is back on week three, but do you put any stock into the fact that you do have a couple of rematches? Obviously, this game wound up happening in week three earlier this season. We wound up seeing the Bills and the Chiefs wind up doing battle earlier this season as well. Do you put anything into that with regards to this matchup or really, for lack of a better term, the other matchup as well? Well, I mean, obviously, when, when teams play each other and they get to play each other again, you know, there's, there's a familiarity. Um, yeah, I mean, it means something, but it was week three. Uh, Gronk got hurt early in that game. We know, you know, as, as great as Godwin is and Antonio Brown is, I mean, Gronk is Gronk is the safety blanket for, for Brady. And yes, it would be great if the bucks had Godwin and, and Antonio Brown in there, but they don't, and they, they didn't leave the cupboard bare. I mean, we, they still have Gronk. They still have Mike Evans. I think we're going to get a semi-healthy Leonard Fournette. Gio Bernard looked much better. Uh, this last week, maybe we'll, we'll get a little dose of him as well. I think Tom, let, let's not act like Tom Brady has, uh, only one with superior weapons. I mean, other than Randy Moss and last year, he's basically one with a cast of mediocre 
wide receivers. So I'm of the camp that Brady makes guys better, not that guys make Brady better. He's going to put his receivers in positions to win. And uh, I see him doing that again. You know, we just need the, they just need the offensive line to hold up a little bit. Um, I know he's going to get sacked a couple of times. He got sacked four times against the Eagles. So, you know, he will get sacked, but I, I just, they, we just need the offensive line to hold, you know, we just need Worfs and um, uh, the center Jensen to, uh, to hold up for the game. And I, and I think that Brady will be fine. And one of my favorite props uh, of the weekend is Will Stafford throw an interception. Uh, I am all over the yes on this. I do not trust Stafford to, to run a clean game. Uh, I went back and looked just to make sure that I wasn't a little crazy in this. He's thrown an interception in 11 of 18 games and the Bucks have intercepted the ball 12 of 18 games. So this is a pretty good matchup. We're getting almost even odds. You have to lay a little juice, I think, on the yes. But I would go ahead and uh, and fire a yes on the Stafford throwing interception. And if you can find a price on him throwing a pick six, I would go ahead and take that too because I can see Carlton Davis taking one to the house this week. And to your point, Matthew Stafford, prior to the game that we wound up seeing against the Arizona Cardinals, how about a nice hearty eight interceptions in the last four games of the regular season? So he certainly has been a little bit of a turnover machine. And when it comes to the other game that we got out there in the NFC, I've got a very interesting thought on this one. The Packers versus the San Francisco 49ers saw the Packers open up a four and a half point favorite. You're now seeing them at a five and a half point favorite. And I do think that this is a correct move. I think that as long as you're able to get this below if it winds up reaching it six again because we've seen this actually get to six in a couple of spots that was very early on in the week but I think five and a half or less is a good take here on the Green Bay Packers I think that this game being in Green Bay is going to be to their advantage not sure where you stand here but I do like the Packers in this spot yeah not 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 my favorite game Uh, I'm definitely going to be a lot heavier on the other game in the NFC but I would lean the Niners if we get a if we get Jimmy G uh, all bets are off if if we get Trey Lance. But assuming we had Jimmy G, the one thing that I do like about the Niners is they really have Kyle Shanahan seems to own certain coaches. We've seen that he, no matter what the talent disparity is, he's done well versus McVay. Well, we've also seen him do well against LaFleur. Yes, Green Bay won the game uh, earlier this year, but it was a close, close, close affair um, down to the end field goal. But the the year before, they completely dominated them in the NFC Championship. Earlier in the year on a Monday night, they completely dominated them again. So it's hard for me to lay that many points against Kyle Shanahan when I really think that he might just have LaFleur's number and, and certain guys know how to play other guys. Uh, I like the hard-nosed approach that the Niners do have. That being said, I have not been that that good on the Niners. Whenever they show up, I seem to be on the other side. And whenever they don't show up, I seem to be on their side. So take that for what it's worth. The Niners are going to be my play, but uh, it's probably not going to be as strong a play as as the Bucks or uh, the Titans. Yep, it certainly has been fascinating to watch the 49ers all season long. They seem to be playing their best football right now, but I do think that the frozen tundra going to have a little bit of an effect on them. And a man that made a positive effect on the show tonight. That'd be you, David. Appreciate the time right here on VSIN, and thank you so much for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, let's make some money this week. 
David Baker, the 2020 Super Contest winner and a man that has multiple World Series of Poker bracelets. Great to be able to get his insights the last two segments on the NFL. Coming up next, we've got a lot of games on the college basketball betting board for Friday. Going to dive into some of those next right here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network. For you. For you. For you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.